Okay. I guess we could do this. Do you want to do a show? Uh, yeah, let's do a show, man. Let's do a show. All <laughs> right. I have some coughs. <laughs> Wait, what is this? <laughs> oh, nice. Those are all good things to do during a game. Well, if as long as they have the hustle and the bustle, <laughs> I think we'll be just fine. Let's do a show. Let's do a show. Oh, that was a that was a fake cold open. Welcome to a very special Hollywood Anonymous Cubs edition. Chicago Cubs, for those of you who are still not familiar with what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. I am Brian Irwin. <laughs> there, there can't be someone who listens to the show that doesn't know that we're talking about the show. You'd be surprised. I guess I would. Somebody asked me yesterday while I was wearing Cubs gear at the school, good luck to the Bears. And I was like, you couldn't, I'm like, they're like, well, at least I got the Chicago part. I'm like, because it says Chicago on the shirt. Like, there isn't. It also says Cubs. But some people just. Yeah. And they were like, close enough. I'm like, same. See, right. I mean, if we were talking about in the in the woods, like the actual real animal. Yeah. Yeah. But since we're talking specific names, the answer is no. Uh, introduce yourself, buddy. You do that. Oh, my, my name's John. There Mark. we go. Um, yeah, I had a guy ask me if I was rooting for the Cubs uh, for the last Dodger game. I went up to uh, Ventura. And we watched my buddy Mike has a house, and he, he has a nice little backyard kind of patio area. Uh-huh. So he set up his TV and everything out there. So we, we watched the game outside, but in the middle of it, I was going to the cooler to grab a beer. And this kid's like, so, yeah, you a Cubs fan? And <clears throat> Mike had given me a, <clears throat> a jacket that didn't fit him, uh-huh. which was a, a bright white jacket that just says Cubs on it. For to wear <clears throat> that day or just Just to have. He gave it to me. Oh, His dad nice gave though. it to him and apparently I have ape arms and he does not. So, um, But then... So. I've never seen a uh, handed down generation and then to the side. It was hand, uh, handed down and then over. over. Yeah, for sure. No, that <laughs> You got a hand down over. Uh, no, I've seen that happen. Actually, so most of the Cubs stuff I have like the weird... I have like a, a, a sports jacket, like a, a blazer with a bunch of like patches from 1908, and mm-hmm. like the number 10 on it, you know. But that was from my buddy Ryan, a guest of the show, Ryan mm-hmm. Brown, had done something for a clothing company like through Punked, like helped get a t-shirt on Punked. Uh-huh. And they were like, yeah, so take your pick from whatever you want. So he literally ordered all this, like half Red Sox, half Cubs, because he's from Boston. Okay. So he just got like... All the jerseys and stuff he wanted, and then got me like these crazy. Like I have a Chicago button, like a nice dress shirt, Chicago button down. I have like have this, you ever worn this them? Blazer. Are these just collectors? They're, they're weird. I have them. I mean, it's not like the suit fits well. It's not like <clears throat> I'd wear it to a wedding or anything. Let's say but. you still lived in uh, um, Illinois, right? Would you become that guy, <clears throat> that old guy that would go to Cubs games, and when and would you start wearing all that stuff? Would you deck yourself out? Would you just become like you? You would literally just chotchkeyed out from top to bottom. 
Uh, it's hard to say, man, because part of me thinks that if I would have stayed in Illinois, I would have some sort of bitterness. Well, one, <laughs> yeah, I might not be alive. <laughs> Two, I would weigh 3,000 pounds. Do you know what I mean? It's I'm fat enough now. Like If all I did all day was go to Portillo's and White Castle, I mean, it'd be gnarly. Though I wouldn't mind having a... A deep dish pizza tonight during the game. Sounds delicious, doesn't I, it? I don't need deep dish, but maybe I'll order. You know what I like is uh, Fresh Brothers out here. They got... Uh, I don't even know what that is. Fresh Brothers Pizza, man. They cut their pizza in squares. Okay. And it's that super thin crust bar pizza, like real good. Okay. You're into that stuff. Okay. <clears throat> I am. That's what where we grew up. When I grew up in Illinois, what, not when, but where... The pizza place is still there. Al's Pizza down the street and then Arnie's across town. Both serve that like squared cut <clears throat> pizza. You know what I mean? If you would have come to the wedding, which you didn't, but we had, I had to cover that already. We had uh, all the pizzas for the, the welcome party were uh-huh. cut. Half of them were cut in slices. Half of them were cut in squares because okay. the last time. Slice versus square. Is that going to be the well, story North, of your life? Northern California people like you should. Nicole's mom, when she came to Illinois and saw square cut pizza, she was like, what enraged is this? Not enraged. Just like what? I don't understand what happened to this pizza. Like, okay. <laughs> they're like, like more confused. I think you ever seen somebody that gets upset about the way a food is prepared, and they're like, "No, you can't. What are you doing? Like, somehow or another, it has affected the taste, which it yeah. doesn't. The cut has nothing to do with that. But some people are just get so worked up if things aren't done the way they know it. I'm telling you, we've had a guest on this show, and she is so particular about food, and it's not even like, like how you're keeping it top secret. We've well, narrowed it down to fifty percent. Uh, last week, <laughs> Dana Goodman. She's there's. <laughs> No I, longer a secret. I've never seen anyone who like, like, like. Let, let's say me and you are having hot dogs, right? Mm-hmm. And you like your hot dog with relish and, and onions and mustard, and I just like my hot dog with mustard or whatever. Sure. But then all of a sudden, uh, I put ketchup on my hot dog. Uh, are you gonna go bananas on me? No, because that's your hot dog, and you're there eating it. it doesn't you bother me. Go there, you go. If you're, I mean, there's there are certain things like. So it bothers her. It bothered her as it, to what not, you put on yours. Not even about what I put on mine, but like like we, it had to be like if we're gonna get a frozen pizza, it has to be this frozen pizza. If we're gonna get a okay, that's acquired to, taste. If it's you're not sharing. a no, but the, but the, but then to say there is no other frozen pizza. Like, do you know what I mean? Like to be that angry about other frozen pizzas. Well, what was the frozen pizza of choice? Just out of curiosity, do you remember? Yeah, it was Tombstone. Tombstone's pretty good. It's okay. Jack's Jack's is really good. Dude, I like Red Baron too, man. But what? what, Who cares? It's frozen pizza. Like these uh, days, I just eat generic. I don't even care. If it's pizza, I'll probably put a piece of it in my mouth, no matter what. Well, absolutely. (laughs) But I remember when I first lived in L.A., me and my buddy Tim would go to Food for Less and get these. Like they were like seventy cent, like tiny. personal you know pizzas that you put in the microwave they're like totinos oh, or something yeah gross they were so <laughs> bad it's soggy right they were so bad they were so bad um we're gonna date this show no uh, this is going up today this is a live <clears throat> show that i'm oh, not alive but oh okay 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 it's live to tape okay with, good. and it's gonna go up within it's this show will be up before first pitch tonight okay. which is uh Five first o'clock pitch of the world Pacific series standard time. do you have the did you save the voicemail that I asked you to save uh yeah uh oh no hang on only because i forgot that we i asked you to save that voicemail yep i deleted it wait wait but but son of a bitch wait you know you can did you know that you can um forward voicemails so if i send you a voicemail uh, you can forward the voicemails. What are you doing? I got it. I got it. Oh, uh, okay. Forward it to me. Do you know how to do that? 
forward it to you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a there's thing. a little thing you can text it to me. I didn't know you could do that, which is amazing. So then you can yeah, save voicemails a lot easier. I think everything is just being set up so that we can be oh. observed and watched. As we're forever. talking, Fresh Brothers just emailed me a coupon. <laughs> oh, they heard about your promotion. Well, we have been plugging stuff lately, a lot of stuff. As a matter of fact, we're going to plug. Let's plug this too, John. What do you think about this? Oh, where is it? Why isn't it playing? I don't know. Hold on. What do I got? What did I do here? Why isn't it working? Come on. I had this all set, ready to go. Oh, my Come God. on. Tonight on Technical... Lots of teams throughout this land, but I'm proud to be a Cubby fan. Believe me, 84 was just the start. We're going to bring a pennant to this part. Hey, I'm a Cub fan. I'm a Cub fan. And I'm a Bud man. I'm a Bud man. Ooh, Holy cow. We'll win the series before we're through. Cub fans is Bud fan. By the way... Um, the acting in that was so bad, and the lip syncing. That's what I love about back then. The, the perfection didn't matter nothing. It, all that matters is Harry Carey's dancing around that's talking all about mattered. Budweiser and the Cubs. Yeah. Iconic character. Didn't care if we was in tune. Didn't care if didn't he didn't matter. No, nothing. I, I got really choked up this morning. I was going. I was online. Like I literally, I woke up at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went out on my I went my balcony, and I kind of like watched the sun come up and stuff. But I've been like up since then. And... Uh, so for this is coming out today, this is now we're at like 10 a.m. And I just keep like checking my phone like, is it time for the game? Is it time for the game? Is it time for the game? So I'm just like, I'm really Are you like, that delusional that no, you- I'm not delusional, not delusional, but I just but keep you, looking at you have like, some sort of oh. lack of sleep dementia that you are checking? No, no, no. I'm just like, I'm, I'm pumped. Like I got a couple of things I got to do today and then I'm really focused on this game, you know? Um, let's go. Let's take a step back for a second. So you did, you, did you send me the, uh, the uh, voicemail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, oh, here we go. Okay, good. So- here, here's, here's the thing. Um, you, for some reason, and we'll get to you know what your memories were of the moment when they actually, you know, won. Mm-hmm. But you, um, for, for the for listeners, John shuts me out. If there's a playoff game, you can't talk to him. You can't. Te- I, I've texted him and I've called him, and he doesn't respond to the text. Nor does he call me back. He won't. He just until won't after do- the game. Until after the I game. I mean, I'm not a. But the jerk point off, is, I just don't. Well, that's that. That's it remains to be. All right. So yeah, hold on. Fine. So this is a voicemail I sent John. Because he wouldn't respond to any of my texts, or and, and he wouldn't return my phone call. Look, I know it's the top of the six, and the Cubs are up five to nothing. You need to calm down, because I know you're worked up, and you need to stay sober. I don't want you blacking out before this historic moment happens, if it does, okay? So I know you don't want to return my texts or take my phone calls, but when you listen to this, listen to me. You gotta, you can't get so hammered that you don't even get to see the moment you've been waiting for because you have so much anxiety. All right. And lastly, um, don't delete this voicemail. We'll play it on our show. I think we should have a show next week. <laughs> so all of this has come to pass. I didn't black out. I wasn't even close to I was to worried, though. No. I was worried that you would get so worked up that you no. wouldn't control yourself. What the, the, what? And don't tell me that that's not, that's not possible. Oh, I mean, no, no. it's possible for anybody the, that gets Here's, here's where that's possible now, though. <clears throat> the, the only time that's really possible is uh, concerts. Live music somehow seems to be the only thing that like like I can sit at home watch a watch a a whole baseball game drink beers all night uh-huh. hang out with people uh-huh. not have a problem but like if I'm like oh we're going to see Lamb of God and Anthrax I better drink half a bottle of Jack Daniels so, good call you know what off. I mean like <laughs> it's like I just make bad I, I, and and that's only. Every once in a great. Are you okay over there? Yeah, I, I'm taking this thing off. I'm, oh, we're, we're doing. Yeah. We're couching today, so yeah. uh, we got spoiled at the studio. So now we're couching. I, oh, I like the couch. The couch is fine, but it's just a little bit harder with the microphone. So anyway, continue. Yeah. Um, but no, so so baseball games, just watching and stuff. And like I said, we were at my friend Mike's house, and we were like, 
we were outside, so it was like really nice. It was Ventura. It was really nice out. You know what I mean? It was. It was. It was really and like we're we're all, we're not. I don't think we're all really crazy superstitious, but there was a lot of don't change seats. You know what I mean? Okay, if that's what you're wearing, like like. At what point did you tell yourself, "All right, so this is probably going to happen"? I think I I kept there was a, a, a right around the sixth or seventh inning. I kept looking at Mike like five nothing is a steep. This is crazy. Like not only five nothing, but five nothing. We got Kershaw out. Do you know what I mean? Like things had happened. They were playing on all cylinders. Like that first play by Baez, I, you like everything was clicking from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I really kind of like not being cocky, but like after the we scored that first run, I was like, they're going to win this game. You know what I mean? Like th- I think they might win this game. And and then you get scared. Then I get scared. It's like the guy who wishes for whatever he wants and then he gets it. It's like you know, it's just. It's a little unnerving because I've never been in this situation before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you don't want to wait for that moment as as a, as a viewer. I've never actually been in the stadium <clears throat> during a time where they've uh, been in the playoffs at Wrigley oh, Field. But, oh, not at Wrigley, but I've seen them get swept at Dodger Stadium. I've seen a couple of Cubs playoff games that were just But terrible. I'm talking about taking the air out of that stadium. Yeah. Which, with that, which that stadium has been used to for, you know, obviously decades upon decades. They've been used to having the air taken out of them. And there was such an electricity when the Cubs sort of taking that lead. But there was something different about that game and the fact that you just didn't feel like that team reacted and or cared that way. Because when you look back at every series, they came back from deficits, so they weren't they didn't they never Three let the air get out of the them. So they inning, like they they came back. However, there's always that fear that somebody has a four run <laughs> inning and then it's it's down to one run and, and, in, and in when the you bottom look, of the ninth. And it, to the Dodgers the credit, <clears throat> no one expected them to get that far with the amount of injuries they had this season. So my whole thing was like, yes, I want the Cubs to play the Dodgers because the Dodgers are a depleted team. But they were depleted. They were, but they were like they kept saying on MLB Network, they were playing with house money. Like, just go, just do it. Who cares? No one expected you to get this far. And, and they had and that and attitude, they, by the they way. They had that, ad- and I really enjoyed that team. Like, if they weren't playing the Cubs, I would have been so pumped for that team to go all the way. You know what I mean? Just because no one expected it. But I think the Cubs also. I don't know if they would have gotten past the Giants, the Dodgers, because that's just a weird hump for them. Do you know what I mean? So, like, the Cubs kind of took care of a lot of that, and then I think the Dodgers took care of the Nationals for the Cubs because the Nationals worried me too. Yeah. Well, but, whatever. But every team worries me. The Cleveland Indians worry me. I mean, I, I'm... Now, okay, so here, let's just stop before we get that far. So um, my question to you is, um, at top of the ninth, there's three outs left, right? Chapman, you yeah. know, or no, yeah. He's in, and are you? You're feeling pretty good, right? Because he just started. He just started throwing strikes, and then he walks a guy, right? And now, are you starting to get a little nervous? Like, I was only nervous because they brought him in in the eighth inning. Yeah, and I was like the whole time, I'm like, just don't. You have Rondon, you have another guy to come in. Why does Ch- Chapman shouldn't come in with guys on base, and he shouldn't come in in the eighth inning? He shouldn't come in before the the, the ninth. The end. The last thing you want to see is this guy. Like he should be the last thing for sure. Mm-hmm. And then he comes in the eighth inning, and I'm like, no, 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 because every time he's come in in the eighth, seventh, and eighth inning, he's blown, he's given up runs. And, like, you know, it's like, again, five, nothing, okay, but... It's playoff baseball, man, anything can happen. Anything can happen, and we've seen it go the other way, and we've seen, we saw a couple calls that that, that went the Cubs' way, and we saw a couple calls that went the Dodgers' way, and and just any, any one of those things could set the game. Like, that's why it's so... 
entertaining. That's why you get so into it. You right. know what I mean? Because so then Puig comes up and you're thinking. Well, then I was like, Ugh. so this guy has a, you know, his year is up and down. He's down in the minors. He's but but still, L.A. is still like behind this guy, and his arm is unlike any arm I've ever seen. Like a guy who can throw a rope. Yeah, but he's not throwing a rope from the, at, from the batter's box. No, We're he's not. About but I'm just bat. saying, as a player, I go up and down on the guy. Like I don't. Sometimes his attitude sucks, but like his athletic ability. So I'm just thinking about this super t- naturally talented guy. Yeah. Like I believe that he's like a Bo Jackson build. Like he just kind of like what I just lift things and then I'm strong. So I'm just waiting for him to really just crack the ball and 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 set off. A rally. Do you know what I mean? Like some, and then because yeah, I think at that point there was one out. He if, could have jacked a two-run. If he would have hit five a, to two, if he would have hit a two-run homer, I think, and and I think the the level of the, the, the stadium, I th- yeah. it would have gone down a little. Yeah. And then I think then you feel that, like you said, like I've never been in that stadium either when the air has been sucked out. But but I've seen those games and you see how quickly it gets game quiet. Game six there. against Miami. I mean, game seven against Miami. <clears throat> those were you could hear pins drop like the other teams must have been laughing yeah to way too much anxiety for for a fan base but they didn't do that this time around and i think a lot of that was the culture that the team brought to the to the table i agree which changed it so anyway so puig is up there he hits a ground ball you're thinking to yourself i can't believe i'm about to see what i'm about to see well nicole is trying to hand me a piece of cake because it was uh, uh, my friend Mike's cousin's birthday. Oh, and everyone loves cake. Was, so. Who doesn't love cake? But like, she's trying to hand me cake, and she's asking me to get her something out of the cooler. Uh-huh. And like, the last hit is happening. Yeah. And I go, can you just, can we just, and I don't even, I literally put my hand up in her so, face. So you smashed the cake into her face? <laughs> no, oh, she okay. was sitting down. I was standing up, and I was like, can you just, can you just, and then that happened, and like, it was almost like all I could see was the TV. Like, I could feel people around me moving. But I was like, okay, so I was like, I retraced my steps to where I was standing. Like, this is the ninth inning. Like, it was all, I mean, it happened quickly, but it was all like, okay, that was the ninth inning. That was the two outs. That was the third out. The game is over because the Cubs are at home, so they don't have to play the bottom of the ninth inning. Yeah. <clears throat> so, the, so it's over. It's over. So then I was like, and by then, like, my friend Mike was in front of me. I was like. Dude, like, now, do you feel it was a little bit weird because you've never had that experience in your lifetime? You've watched so many other teams get that last out and jump up and down that you actually didn't know how to react because you've never been able, you've never been given that opportunity. Correct? Honestly, dude, I um, did you cry? I, I didn't. I'm like almost. Were you about expecting to, cr- to? I'm almost about to cry now. And right. I like when I read stuff online about Harry Carey, Ernie Banks, and Ron Santo, right, being the three guys that like, if they could see this, yeah, they'd. They're, if they could be alive for this, this would kill them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, That's the only thing I think was lacking was a was a uh, a Jack Brickhouse or a Harry Carey call or a Vince Scully type something. Like, yeah, yeah, something iconic. S- something iconic. Basically, oh, uh, Cubs win! Uh, Cubs win! Now I didn't, and I I know I know Pat Hughes does um, radio oh. for the, and the, he's okay, but he's he's not iconic like some of the other people. So well, you, Pat Hughes is more iconic than like Len Casper. No, no, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, is that I made yeah. I made CDs for Len Casper back in the day. He used to be in a band called Your Indentured Servants, and before he became the Cubs radio announcer, he was a he was in a band in Milwaukee. 
Uh, first of all, I'm just throwing out some some interesting tidbits there. Awesome. And second of all, I don't think our listeners knew you were in radio. <laughs> I didn't say radio this time. Oh, you didn't. I used to. to work at a CD manufacturer back when <laughs> CDs matter. Even well, those were the days. Yeah. Those were the decades. Yeah, we had our own little CD shop. But I so um real quick because I promised. Um, you didn't ask, but I will tell you. So what I did uh, at the end of the game was I called my mom because my mom was, was the person who got me into the Cubs in the first place. My, both my parents grew up in Chicago proper in the city of Chicago. And um, my dad was not as big of a sports fan as my mother was. And she uh, used to go to games back then. Did so, they know each other back then? Uh, they pretty early on, you know, back then neighborhoods, everyone was kind of tight. Right. So I think they knew each other like in the, in the later teen years, okay, early twenties wow. kind of thing. Wow. Uh, age wise. Um, but, um, uh, I lost my train of thought, but what I was going to say was I, oh, so my mom, they they live in the middle of the woods of Northern Wisconsin. That's where they retired to. And they didn't have satellites, so they couldn't get the game because every, that's oh, the one no. thing I don't like about how the playoffs are this year. They're forcing me into these specialized channels. TBS, and, and yeah, the, MLB. The, it should have been on a national network, and it wasn't. I Fox agree. pushed it onto their subcategory, and, and that's kind of this new thing. So you have all these people that if they don't have it, they couldn't watch it. But fortunately, my parents had satellite radio, and I told my mom, I'm like, if you can find ESPN or MLB network on satellite, you you should be able to get the game. And fortunately, she was able to at least listen to the game. And she listened uh, to it. She did. Yeah. yeah. But I would love to uh, let's call. Let's actually um, uh, call my mom uh, and see if we can get her on the blower. That's what pe- that's what uh, people call the phone sometimes. The blower. Yeah, the blower. You can hear that. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, we're sounds, doing this all live because I don't want to edit today. I want to just put this puppy up when we're done. Watch. She doesn't answer. <laughs> She's like, I'm done. Oh, no. No. Okay, she gave up. That's good. That's hilarious. It'd be funny. You know, sometimes they screen their calls. Hello? Mother? Yes? It's me and John Huck. Remember the guy that was laying down? Did you Wait, did you meet John that time we came to Madison? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah hello, I, hello, hello. That Hi. laughter, that Hi, laughter. How are you? That laughter comes from my mother's memory of what yeah. it was like meeting John. Actually, you never saw John. Did you guys, did you see John alive? I just laid in a chair <laughs> and then used the bathroom and then laid in a chair again. <laughs> I'm not going to tell the story that I know, though, okay? <laughs> okay. Oh, thank, John. Thank you. Let's, let's go right by that one, okay? <laughs> yeah. well, look at my mom holding John Huck's secrets. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mom, John and I were just kind of chit-chatting. I was just telling him that, uh, that you have... Uh, I remember you telling me a long time ago, um, what was the first Cubs... You, you, I know that you... Uh, remember 1945 when the last time they were in the World Series, but what was the actual first Cubs game that you got to go to? Do you remember approximately how old you were when you went to the first Cubs game? Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, it was when during World War II, and the USO was very active in you know, the big cities and everything. And even though my father was from the south side of Chicago, he was a Sox fan, but he was also a Cubs fan, too. Nice. And so he heard on the radio that if you brought... If if you brought a cake for the USO, you got in. Now, mind you, the fees they're charging today, okay? If you brought a cake to the Cubs game, you got in free. Are you saying cake? So cake, cake. My, a cake for, you know, for the oh. for the servicemen at the yeah. USO. Yeah. So, so he gave mom some money. He said, you know, go get some cakes and we'll go to the game. And I was the only one home. So my mom went and bought six cakes. So we brought two cakes to the Cubs game and we got in, you know, for free to see the Cubs game. <laughs> and all the cakes went to the USO and the service then. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you remember who they played? Yeah. How, old, how old were you? 
ish. Well, it would have been during World War II at some point, and I, it was before they they had the pennant. So I I know when they um, where they went for the pennant, but I know I was in eighth grade then, so it would have had to have been before that. It was okay. probably you know in the mid forties somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Cake. Because I was I mean I'm old enough to remember that I went, and it was it was exciting. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> and that was—I mean—that was Wrigley Field too. They've been playing there for forever at that point. Oh yes, yeah. yes. Wrigley you, Field is—you know—and and I and I look at pictures when when I'm able to say I don't have WGN anymore, so I can't see. But when we had our dish, you know, I was able to watch WGN. Yeah. See the field, and, and it really didn't change any from what I remember. <laughs> yeah, I mean they've added like a jumbotron, and they've put in some more seats. But other than that, it's really, really the same park. The wall, the, I mean the 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 wall basically has always yeah. been the same wall. Yeah. The outside has always been the same outside, right? With that sign in the front of the stadium, and yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, it stayed the same. And it was like a just a neighborhood ballpark is really what it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a, it's a it's a it's a baseball park crammed in the middle of a neighborhood. It's weird. Like you're just like most places like Dodger Stadium's not like that. They they displaced everybody to make that stadium and put that there. But this is like, no, nah, we can fit it in this couple city blocks. We're fine. Did um um back then did did, did the war affect sports attendance and stuff like that? Do you think? I mean, was it was were things a lot quieter back then or it didn't really have an effect? Like what was life like? I mean, when you you obviously were this is a this is a world war you're talking about, and you're going to a Cubs right. game. Was that was was the war? I know I know we're getting off topic for just a second, but you did bring up the fact that all this was taking place during World War II. Was exactly, was a little yeah. bit different? Was everything just viewed a little bit differently because it was a world war going on? Oh, I think so. Everything was different during the war. I mean, it was just you know when we went to school, we used to bring dimes to buy the savings bonds and stuff. You know, and we used to. I remember with my mother bringing the fat back to the butchers. You know, the, the fat from meat, bring it back from the butchers and to go, you know, so they could send it back to make bombs. I remember what? standing in line to get, I still have my tokens and my chips for uh, for buying my meat and stuff. You had, you had to use tokens to buy food at that time. But now, were you, were, I, I suppose when, when the war started, though, you were young enough that almost it was part of it kind of like, well, this is just how life is. At first, is that kind of how you view it or was it was it bigger than that? Well, I, it was one of those, you know, don't forget, I already had, a, had an older brother that was in the war already. So yeah. that affected very much so. There were neighbors that were in the war, you know, because, it, you know, they, they were all older than I was. So in a sense, the war was a big part of our lives, actually, during yeah. those years. It really was a big part of our lives. And my, my, my next oldest brother was just getting ready to be shipped out as he was a, a, in the Air Force when the war was over. So he never had to go overseas. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, as... You know, it, it, the war did affect our lives, and um, and it, and you know, it, it was it was an interesting time. You know, I mean, it's just I stop and think. I you know of what I've lived through ever since then. How many wars and whatever we and decorations or whatever they are. You know, it's ridiculous. Well, it's good to know that cake was as important as it was for the for World War One uh, Two. That's well, that's it was. If you're familiar, if you've ever seen any of the old movies that have featured the USO, I don't know if you've ever seen any of those. But that's basically what it was. They cake. serve food. The servicemen would come there. You know, and they would have food. That wasn't just dessert. It would be it would be meals that what they would supply them in entertainment. That was big, that was a big thing during the war. The yeah, USO I mean, was, USO still does stuff with the troops. You know, they still have uh, 
you know, comics going over there and bands and right. stuff like that. So, yeah. But let's never underestimate the power of cake, is what I'm no, saying. No, the power of cake is almighty. I just laugh because John said that his his wife, his new wife, was, was trying to hand him a piece of cake as that uh, double play was happening to end the game, to send the Cubs to the World Series. And he, he basically shoved the cake away because it was more... You know, no, she wanted me to take the play. I was a, more, a little more confusing than that, but... <laughs> So well, let me. So we were John and I were kind of chatting about this yesterday. But so you you were telling me tell John um, when the Cubs went to the World Series, which was the first time they had gone to the World Series since nineteen oh eight. Nineteen oh eight. So again, no, 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 no. They went in thirty five. Okay, but not that often. It was not. It was not frequent for them. But this no. was. You obviously didn't know at the time this was going to be the last time they were going to go. But you were oh, telling no. me you were telling me that, but it's a it was a big deal back home, right? They were because you said something about the school let you guys listen to the games during because back then and people have a tendency right. to forget this, there were no lights at Wrigley Field until the eighties. So. Yeah, nineteen eighty right, what right. five eighty eight eighty eight. So it was a, so it was a daytime game, and and the nuns the nuns were big Cubs fan too, so they brought the radios into the classroom. <laughs> That's awesome. So there was no teaching that day, is what no. you're saying. <laughs> you guys get to. So we, we were, we were to, we were able to listen to them play the, you know to to get into the play you know to get into to, to go for the pennant they didn't yeah. make it but yeah. <laughs> well, you know, well, we all know that history now, right? Yeah, they've only. Yeah, exactly. That's all they've been talking about. But it's interesting, you know. Your sibling, your older siblings, Brian, were great Cubs fans. Yes. And and you know, you stop and think of Chicago now, you wouldn't do it. But um, but the older kids, you know, we would pile pile uh, your sibling, your older siblings, and then the, the Hackett kids, the older ones, you know, mm-hmm. pile them. And, and Mrs. Hackett would take them to the end of the the elevated line was in Wilmette, and we drop them off. And these kids, and the oldest one was probably in eighth grade. Take and they the would go down to the Cubs game. We'd listen to the game on the radio, and then I would go pick them up at the end of the elevated. Yeah, that's not happening anymore. Well, no, those are different times, anymore, right? But I mean, we we really were Cubs fans. <laughs> that's awesome. Even my though. kids turned out to be Cubs fans. So. I, and I told you this before. My first memory of going to a Cubs game, and I think you said it was a uh, Boy Scout troop or something like that. I remember yeah, Boy Scout w- event, yeah, one of the moms yeah. got hit in the lap with a foul ball and didn't oh, catch it. Wow, it's the closest <laughs> I ever got to that experience. But but here's the interesting thing. Um, the Cubs, uh, since 1945, hadn't really had that much success. What I've always tried to figure out is, what, why, why the Cubs? Why not the White Sox? Why not the Chicago Bears? Why was it the Chicago Cubs became what represented the city of Chicago? It, do you, why do you think that, that was, they, were, they were the ones? What was it about? You said your dad was you know, from the South Side and was a, a White Sox fan, but they never took off the same way. The Cubs did. I always find, especially the fact that the Cubs never delivered. They, they didn't. Yeah. They, they didn't win a lot. So why were people so obsessed with the Chicago Cubs, and not other well, things? For one thing, for one thing, there were a lot of familiar players on that team. You know, there was a Rand, I, I, I now my memory's not going, but it like it was like a Randy Huntley, and uh, the one who just who passed away. Who, Ron Santo. You know, yeah. Uh, the Ron Santo. You know, people like that. And they were there for a long time, and you, you you were familiar with them. You were familiar with these players that were there. Are oh, you talking about Ernie Banks, the one who just passed away? I think you were talking about Ernie there, Banks. Yeah, right. Or, you know, Ernie Banks. But I mean, there, there's, I can't think of all of them, but there's yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. And and I think that was part of it, is that they, they were familiar to you. So I think that's what made them all very, very special to all of us. Yeah. Do you and and do you when did when did the and when did WGN become so powerful and just start playing the Cubs nonstop? Was that something that happened very early on? Or does that go all the way back to the '60s, or was that something that happened way later after that? 
you know, to be very honest with you, I don't know who who, who broadcast them then. Yeah. Because, you know, being a kid, I wouldn't have paid any attention to no, I mean, radio. I mean, with television, right? Because television is kind of what made them as big and as powerful as they are now, because WGN was the first station that was being broadcast all over the United States, which never made any sense What did you to call me, it? You called it a syndicated network, which well, is kind of like... Yeah, they eventually <laughs> called themselves a super station, but they were they were always available. And that's what I thought when we, you know, we moved to Wisconsin, you still got all the Cubs games because you still got WGN. Yeah, like you could you go never... anywhere in the U.S., really, and still exactly. get Cubs games. Yeah, yeah. WGN was was a big station in you know in Chicago at the time, and in fact, my my father was either it was either uh, the Sox that he listened to, or Notre Dame playing football, and then the winter time, and he always worked on Saturday mornings, and he would come home, and it was the opera during the winter time, all WGN. Wow, they were powerful. Yeah, it was very powerful. You know what? But I, I, I will say, Mom, what I do think is kind of cool is the fact that. Um, um, I, Everything's a visual medium now, but uh, you know you ended up listening listening to the call. It, though, <laughs> though it wasn't GN, though it wasn't WGN, but you were able to listen to the call of them going back to the World Series, which was interesting because you didn't have the visual the same way I had it. Obviously, you know we're part of everything must be seen, not heard. But there was something yeah. I, I for years I listened to Cubs games on the radio when you know it wasn't when you didn't have access, you could still listen to it, and it's a special skill. As you know, Vince Scully, right. who just re- retired here, it's a special skill to be able to capture the imagination of people sitting there trying to want to be a part of a game that's so slow moving, right? Yeah, and still keep exactly. every yeah. second of it. Yeah, keep them up to yeah, date. Yeah, and, and it's just, you know listening to the radio, and of course they have their commercial just like the TV does. You know, yeah. <laughs> but you still had you were still part of it. You know, listening to the radio, you were still part of it. You could picture this ball going. You know, there yep. it goes. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that we, John and I were joking, the only thing was missing was like a Jack Brickhouse or a Harry Carey calling calling the game, right? Oh. You know, somebody iconic that uh, you know. There's really not that many iconic broadcasters anymore, but that would have been kind of a nice little uh, bookend to that whole thing. Right. Well, and you even mentioned like Ron Santo. You know, he was he was he was in the booth with those guys yeah. too. And even though yeah. he had diabetes, and he lost. I know he lost one leg. He may have lost both legs. I don't know. Yeah. But he was a broadcaster too. And they before he died, he was still broadcasting on there. In fact, when they had the funeral, they brought him back. Right past, just like Harry Carey, yeah. right by Wrigley Field. <laughs> but he was on for many years here with the broadcasters, oh, yeah. exactly, yeah. I think he had a toupee, too. Oh, Santo? Yeah, yeah I think yeah, he had probably. a toupee, probably a toupee. All right, well, Mom, I know you have to go, uh, you're going to your exercise club. I just wanted to share that moment with you. I always tell people that you're the reason why I became a Cubs fan, so it was kind of cool to share that moment. I FaceTimed, uh, uh, my son Elliot was at a friend's house, and he wanted to see it. He's a huge Anthony Rizzo fan, so... Elliot thought it was really cool because I just I put the camera up to the TV so he could see the last out and of course Rizzo got you know caught the ball to end it so he was pretty stoked yeah, about right. that and um, you know my wife's uh, father is also a Cubs fan and my other son was out with oh, him. Oh, is he really? He I is. Didn't know yeah, that. yeah, and he was out. Oh. Uh, uh, he was out. Uh, my other son was out with him, so they watched the game. So it was, it was a family affair for us. You know, nice. everybody kind of staying in contact with each other as the game was going on. So it was it was really fun. Yeah, like yeah. you said, Phil was even contact with you yep. too. Your your yeah. nephew, yeah, your nephew, yeah. All the <laughs> Cubby fans, still, he, and and both of, two of my grandsons are still still big Cubs fans, even though one lives on the West Coast and one lives on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that doesn't a... that doesn't leave you. I don't think there's no way for me to like not be a Cubs fan. <laughs> I think it's kind of similar to Packers. You know, when you get branded, you get branded, and I think you carry that. You know, the Cubs and the Packers are very two historic 
franchise when right. it comes to sports. And I think they're just people are just branded and just you know they they never fall out of love with those teams like that. So yeah. John right, is mad right, that right. I brought the Packers into a Cubs talk. Yeah, but, I don't you know. know why you would do that. <laughs> Because they don't have the same thing that the Bears have. You know, like the Packers, they have people that have, you know, in their 90s have been coming to every game, you know. And another (laughs) stadium that's right in the middle of a neighborhood. That's, I think there's something to be said for that where it's not this, you know what I mean, separated out. We could have talked about Fenway. Yeah, but they, they talk about themselves enough, yeah, so we got no that kidding, going on. And, yeah. and they've, they've had enough success. All right, Mother, love you. Thank, do you, for, uh, thank you for letting us call love you. Love you, too. Nice chatting with you. Yeah, go Cubs. Okay, right. bye-bye. Bye, all right, so that was good. I do. I, I got to. Um, I. I. Uh, um, I, I got to tell you. Hold on, I'm trying to figure out how to hang this thing up. Um, I. I love it when uh, older people, and this is uh, this is not just my mom. This is all of them. They'll be like, you know, Ron Santo. He of course lost his legs to diabetes. <laughs> they, and they always. They always, put, they always throw some sort of horrible <laughs> thing. They just add that in. That's so true. That's really funny. Because it wasn't really. I know that Ron Santo was up in the radio. He lost his legs to diabetes, <laughs> and then that's uh, Harry Carey. He was an alcoholic. But uh, anyway. <laughs> I was so I was floating around online looking to, to kind of you know surprise you with a couple of Harry Carries and one of them and I'm not going to play it because they're long in the tooth but there was one where um, Harry Carey is it's the night they're going to turn the light the lights on for the first time it's raining the field and it's Harry Carey and Bill, Bill Murray, Murray in the booth and Harry Carey's holding the Budweiser which he gives to Bill Murray who starts drinking who it drinks it yeah right on air dude um, like there was no rules or laws what was going on so let's just talk about um, the recognizable faces were at the game John Cusack was was there I know Always. he's kind of Eddie Vedder Eddie well, Vedder is he part team owner now what's well, he hilarious because first off when they won they, they cut to um, Theo Epstein, which I, I I get that he's kind of become a star in his own right because of what he's done for the Cubs. So I Absolutely, I understand cutting to that. Back in the Absolutely. day, they wouldn't have done that. Back in the you day, know, they didn't they, have anybody that fucking awesome. No, no. So I but but watching that scene made me feel uncomfortable because Eddie Vedder like wanted to celebrate with somebody, but there was no one to celebrate. Like basically, Epstein turned away from him, but not on purpose. No, there was, he just there awkwardly was a- got caught in the vortex of uncelebration. Yeah, which everybody's <laughs> ever been in that situation where. What for some reason? No one will it, give him a high five. It just shifts away Somebody. from you. It's just, and you have to wait. You have to, you have to patiently wait out your so chance to celebrate. Right? The, there was also a, a time like during the San Francisco game where they thought Bias hit a home run, but Epstein is like a stoic guy, right? He's just kind of watching the ball. Everyone else, everyone stands up. Everyone's going crazy. Eddie Vedder jumps up and he like kind of grabs Theo by the shoulder and by the arm and then kind of like lets go yeah. of him immediately and then he but he's like watching the ball and then it like it, and Epstein just doesn't even like really break right like, doesn't blink or move anything and the ball gets caught and Vedder's like oh and Epstein's just like mm-hmm. what I do find interesting in this and I and, and I saw this throughout is that these guys sometimes have to sit amongst um other fans when they go to other stadiums which is very interesting because everybody knows who that dude is oh yeah most people don't know like they know who Magic Johnson is sure. right so that's an obvious person but he but, sits like right up like but what know. I'm saying is even if he didn't yeah. you know who he is and some of these other guys are a little bit they don't. Nobody knows who they are. They just kind of just go hang out there. But you clearly know that this person built a team that's that's actually beating your team right now, and they're kind of sitting around. It's 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 funny that they wouldn't just bury themselves in a booth somewhere and well, protect themselves inside of a. Um, they you know, have a suite. that. They have that option too. I'm sure. But I love it when they sit in the midst of it all. I love. You it's know, interesting. Epstein to goes me. out to the outfield and sits with a fake mustache and a. Funny, I did. I did read about hat. that. Yeah. Did you read about the golf ball thing? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. 
Well, he was did an article when he was He's throwing in, golf balls at the other team. When he was in Boston, he used to follow people, random people. He would find just pick people on the street and follow them home. He said he liked being anonymous and them not knowing that he was following them, which is psychotic sounding, right? <laughs> then he gets mad after a, a playoff game in Boston, comes back into the offices and drops a bunch of golf balls on the ground and starts whacking them around with a driving rein okay. with, a, with a driver or Makes whatever. Sense. And then one of the balls <laughs> hits like I don't know, not Hoyer, but somebody in the head cuts his head open. <laughs> This like happened years ago, right? So, but he's like got this like he's competitive and he gets angry. So every time I see him and the Cubs aren't doing well, I just imagine him like smiling, dropping a bunch of golf balls, right. and just pulling a golf club out of his back like a He-Man sword <laughs> and just whacking golf balls at people until everyone's screaming and running like it's. A- I, as I say, I think everybody knows now they know not to go anywhere near him after a loss, right? That would be kind of the thing. Yeah, I mean, um, the most disappointing one to me was Bill Murray not being able to be there. Oh, for yeah, because for me, as as an identifier, I mean, he's always been around. This isn't like him just trying to catch, catch a there? moment. He was get, he was receiving an award in Washington D.C. He was getting the Mark Twain thing the night yeah. the Cubs won. The, oh my! No, no, the, on Sunday, but he had to be there for something else. You know how they always do those like pre-party whatever things. So he was he was that's why he showed up at the White House to do to hold that and, and interrupted the press conference was because he had to be there for that. And that would be about the only thing that I would say is that I've always remembered Bill Murray being around and always being a Cubs fan. Dude, I remember pulling for him. I remember looking around at the last Grateful Dead shows they had at Soldier Field uh, this in 2015. With I mean, they're not really a Grateful, whatever you want to call it, but mm-hmm. but uh, he was there for those too, man. I oh, mean, really? Yeah, dude. He's like, dude. Back in the day when the Dead would do Saturday Night Live, they would go party at J- John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd bought a bar. And just had this bar that they opened whenever they wanted. Uh-huh. So they, after the after party, they would go to this bar, and it would be like those guys, Jerry Garcia, Bob Weir. They would play music and do drugs and drink and party all night. I mean, I just, to me, that just sounds like the greatest time. Like Bill Murray, John Belushi, Jerry Garcia. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, the whole thing was, I, I, it makes me wonder what he, I mean, he probably just did what everyone else did, just watch it on TV or whatever, but I, I, you could just tell he was the kind of, he was the man among the people kind of thing that I think people like yeah. loved. I yeah. love how they, there's the Because he also things. doesn't bury himself in a box. No. No, he wants to be in, in the middle of it, in the thick of it, he which is He deserves to cool. be. He deserves to be. And, and, and... But we know we'll see him at a couple of You're going to uh, see World him at all the games. World Series games. Cleveland and Chicago aren't that far apart. Do you know what I mean? In the, yeah. in the sense. I mean, they're far apart, but it's not like L.A. and New York. Like, if you want to drive to Cleveland from Chicago, that's very doable. So there'll be a lot of Cubs fans. And uh, my buddy texted me immediately. Uh, I think with Tony Sam texted me. He's like, twenty two fifty starting price for Wrigley tickets for the World Series, right? So that's upwards of you know, almost. Sure, yeah. $2,500, bucks, let us say. And it goes Cleveland, seven fifty. Yeah, but... Uh, um there's, there's, you have to, you have to oh, wait, you have to, you have to wait, you have to weigh in the historic Absolutely. obsession and anxiety price that goes into that. You're not getting that same thing in Cleveland. I mean, no. it's just, they, well, they just went in 97. They've been, yeah, they've been there too. That's the thing. They have been there, which is uh, not any of these players. No, no, no. But the fans have a little bit more They're It's closer for them, but they yeah. do. They also lost. They lost two years in a row, I believe. They went two years in a row. Correct? They lost to the Marlins, and then who else did they lose to? The Braves. I think the Braves was that was that the oh, year was that the, the, year the Braves finally won. I think so. I remember hating that World Series. 
I just was like, what? I don't care about these teams at all. Like, I was young. I didn't care. But I do think that this, the, the because of these two storied franchises, I believe this is one of the most highly watched World Series. This will be the most watched World Series in the history of television. And I do love the fact that Francona, and, 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 and I want the Cubs to win, don't get me wrong, but I do love the fact that Terry Francona um, took the Cleveland Indians there because I really didn't like the way he got ran out of Boston. I thought that was a little bit uh, too much. I think Boston's, the pendulum swung so extreme on him going from being like this hero to get him out of here. But I also do believe that everybody's time comes. I and, think and it worked out just fine for it Terry did. Francona. It did, but, but the thing is... I think I, him sweeping the Red Sox was kind of funny. Well, but that's kind of what you get when yeah. you run somebody out of town. It's one thing to be like, you know what, I think it's time. You know, but there was a lot of running out of town. At least that's the way I saw it. Well, I, I think it's great that the two guys who brought a World Series to Boston are now battling it out in the World Series. And like, both of them came from the... Uh, from the East. Yeah. Where they both succeeded fairly well in the East. That's what I just said, who brought a World Series to Boston. No, 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 no. But no, both guys, Joe Madden as well. Oh, oh. I'm talking about I'm talking about Epstein and Francona. Oh, yeah, no. Well yeah. and Madden, do you know I didn't realize this. I just heard this today. When Epstein got to Boston, he was like, It was gonna be Francona. That's who I was gonna hire. I already knew that, but I, I interviewed other people. One of the people he interviewed was Joe Madden. And that made him second guess his whole thing he was like what maybe and then like went with francona anyway but francona knew that so i guess there's always been a little bit of weirdness between them but they also but you know what that's 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 did they sorry. both coach under socia in uh in oh, uh, really in la at angels because i thought madden was uh was there when they won the world series i that i did not know that i mean i remember terry <clears throat> i remember terry francona when he was a player I remember watching him. As a I kid, don't remember. As a player. Really? Who did he oh, play yeah. for? I think the Phillies. Oh, he was a. He looks like a guy who played for the Phillies. That's funny. I'm almost for sure he was a hook on the on a, a, a utility <clears throat> um, first baseman slash outfielder slash wow. pinch hitter on the That's Phillies. Really I'm almost for sure. If I, I, I definitely remember the name because I always, you know, I, I come from an era where you you forget when you watch when you're when you're a kid and you grow up, you're like. Who are these old men that are coaching the teams? They clearly never played baseball. They're just old men that were born old and started coaching old. And it's like you forget that they were players. So now you start seeing guys. Even Tommy Lasorda played. Now, here's, so here's something that's funny. You remember a couple years ago, there was a little bit of up in the arms about the fact that the Cubs did not hire Ryan Sandberg. Well. Right? Now, we're looking back on this now. And in hindsight, 2020. But you do remember people were a little bit bent out of shape. They didn't bring back the hometown hero. To bring the Cubs to the promised land, which is all, it, it went through, according to plan, but you remember that, right? I do remember that. Now, my whole take on that, because I was pissed at first, too. I was like, you're going to let Ryan Sandberg go to Philadelphia, and you're, and you're going to give the job to Rich Renteria? Like, there's a name I've never heard. I didn't know who he was. Everyone, all, everyone said about him, he's a nice guy. That's like when people talk about comics, like, oh, he's a nice guy. Well, that means he's not, <laughs> yeah, not funny. funny. Like, otherwise, you'd start with, he's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> or he's a great baseball coach, but he's a nice guy. He was a hitting coach from somewhere. I was like, and we've had a string. The Cubs have had a string of terrible coaches. Lou Pinella might have been the best coach they'd had in 20 years. Oh, uh, Lou. <clears throat> and he wasn't even that good, even though they did win 100 games with him. He was colorful. He was colorful. He was fun to watch. We were excited when he was there. You, he, he made you feel good about the Cubs, even though they may have never really had a chance, but he made you feel good. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made me feel good about baseball until I started seeing him sleep in the dugout. 
<laughs> he was, dude. He would just pass out. You know, and I was like, uh oh. Have you read the book Ball Four? By the way, no. I I started reading it recently. I realized that I have to. If 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 I grew up a baseball fan, I, there's I realized at some point there's certain books. If you want to really truly understand, you know, the subtext of baseball history, I started reading that. So when you said that. That doesn't surprise me. That kind of stuff doesn't surprise me. It's like the guys sneak in cigarettes in the dugout. And sometimes oh, well, not even sneaking there, in the Well, cigarettes. in the 80s, there was no sneaking. I remember seeing Keith Hernandez smoke a cigarette in the dugout uh, on TV when I was watching a Mets game. I was like, what? But actually, I wasn't. I was like, oh, okay, that must be the smoking section of the dugout. Listen. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's smoking section He's not doing anything wrong. I mean, p- people smoke. That's just the way the world is. <sighs> But but um, what was it, what we before we went off on that I was talking about something else. Oh, we were just talking about Ryan Sandberg. Oh, not, not, so uh, but, Rich Renteria. Yeah. So I said I go as soon as they got him. I was like, well, this was a terrible choice. But then I thought, oh, because because in my head I'm like Theo Epstein knows what he's doing. He's a placeholder. He's he's a guy. Rich Renteria is a guy that when you get the coach you want, you can fire him, and no one in the city is going to care. If you had Ryan Sandberg and fired him for Joe Madden, there'd be uproar, there'd yeah. be anger, there'd be, you didn't even give him a chance, yeah. you got to let him coach. No, man, cut everybody, get them all out, bring Madden in. That was the right call. It's business, so you it's don't business, realize and that. Don't, and and, he, and by, by not hiring him, he did us all the favor of now having to watch Ryan Sandberg get fucked over and have to leave Chicago right. with his tail between his legs all sad. You know what I mean? Now he can come to the games, throw out a first pitch in the World Series. Yeah. Him, Rick Sutcliffe, Jody Davis, Bob Dernier, Keith Moreland, yeah. Gary is, Matthews, is that the, so that was, that was Larry the, Boa, Sean Dunstan, Mark Grace. Who is your... Which which successful Cubs team the 84 is your favorite? Cubs. Okay. The 84 Cubs. Well. So, that, so that lineup was Jody Davis, Jody behind, Davis the plate. behind the plate. <clears throat> Rick Sutcliffe was the main pitcher. Was the was the, was a main pitcher. We also had Greg Maddox, Dennis Eckersley. Right, but Rick Sutcliffe was kind of the... We got Rick Sutcliffe 13-1 that year, won yes. the Cy Young Award, which yes. is weird. Yeah, Not even playing a full year, no. wins 13 games with the Cy Young Award. But anyway, so there is first base. Leon Durham. Yeah, second, love the Bulls. Second dude. base. Love the Bulls. Second base, Ryan Sandberg. Shortstop. Larry Boa, Which Sean is still Dunstan. hilarious to this day. <laughs> Still hilarious day when you look. He had his pants pulled up so high. Oh, Larry Boa. Oh, yeah, and those goggles he wore. It was like that was when when like it they was looked like, like a, that team looked like they were from Scooby Doo. It like, was it, it was like the Big Bang Theory of baseball. Like everyone's just a fucking nerd. Oh, uh, Jody Davis was so out of shape, but just Dude, massive, jo- uncomfortable. He always and did I tell you I met him? I met, no, and I went to spring training and he was signing autographs and I didn't. I'm not going to pay anyone for their signature, so I just kind of walked up to him and I was like. Hey man, I just wanted you to know that you're one of the reasons I started catching and playing baseball as a kid. He goes, "Oh, dude, don't blame me for that." And I go, "Well, no, I had to stop catching. I went to first base immediately because my knees." He goes, "Let me tell you something, man. My left knee every day." And I'm like, "That was literally the conversation we had." And I was like, "Okay, then. Well, I'm gonna go." And then like, uh, hey, big dude, he always struck me as very tall. He was sitting down, but he was also next to Ferguson Jenkins, who's tall, and Meadowlark Lemon was there, of course, before he died. So it was like good, good sighting. It was crazy. He had a Cubs jersey on that said Meadowlark, uh, not even Lemon, excellent. not even his last name, excellent, his first sighting. name. <laughs> so back, so back to the lineup. Ron Say was was the was the free agent. The brought in the they brought him from which, LA by the, again from LA again. Look, again, you look at these guys. If all you these guys, at Ron body Say in types. a bar, you would go, "Hey, he's not a professional I would, I would fight him in a heart, like, and or, he or small. you actually know what I would think around Say if I saw him at a bar? I'd be like, that guy is someone's crazy uncle. Yeah, that's what I would think. <clears throat> so I'll get back to the Ron Say thing in a sec. But so, all right, so left Outfield, field, left field, Gary Matthews, yeah, the Sarge, center field, Bob Dernier, who Bobby just got Dernier. married, who just got married. I think he just got buried. I was just like, got, what happened? Got buried and married. Got buried. And- <laughs> 
uh, Bob Dernier in right center, field. and then right field Keith, Keith Moreland. Moreland. Again, does not look like a right fielder. I would not peg him as the most he looks athletic like, guy. From what I remember him looking like, it's like if Kiefer Sutherland had a fat brother who played <laughs> baseball. That's what I remember. Keith, uh, Reliever on that team? Uh, Lee Smith, dude. Yeah, that guy, guy was, was badass. He was great for everything except in the clutch. He, he could there close them out all year long. Well, that was the Padres. And, and he also gave up, if you remember correctly, when they finally let him go, he was the one that gave up, which is I always found interesting. Um, remember when the Toronto Blue Jays went to the World Series two years in a row and the oh, two years in a row? Yeah. He gave up the he gave up the, the game winning home run to George. Joe Carter to Joe, Joe Carter, who was a Chicago Cubs prospect. Because if you remember back then. It seemed like the Cubs would get these great guys oh. and then kick them and get rid of them immediately, immediately, and they would trade it for some like five hacks yeah. who were like bimbos. You're like, who are these people? Why are they out here? We had, yeah. and then you go watch these other guys, and that was all I always said is like, anyone, anybody, anytime anybody was like a rookie prospect and they were supposed to be good and they came to the Cubs and they didn't have that great of a year. Everyone's like, well, you got to get rid of him. I go, yeah, go ahead, get rid of him. Watch him win a World Series with whatever team they go to. Maddox. That, that happened. I mean, that's where Maddox won his ring. Yeah. He won it in Atlanta. Atlanta. Because Andre Dawson was one of the only people in baseball history to win the most valuable player of the year, the whole year, when his team came in dead last. Yeah, but that year for him was amazing. I remember on the and last game, now I we're the last game of the season. There was no Andre Dawson. No, but he, but I, but he was... There were certain guys over the years that Dave Kingman's yawned, the power hitters, that made games exciting. And, and I remember Dawson Andre was sweet Dawson. In the outfield. Oh he was sweet God. in the outfield. And I remember he had such a small waist. The guy was had the V. Yeah. Remember the V? Everybody yeah. wanted the V. Dude, you wanted yes. the V look. That means yeah. you had to do pull-ups and no one's going to do pull-ups. But my point is you had to have the V look. But I remember I remember that year that he won the MVP, the last game of the year, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he jacked out two more home runs just to kind of seal the deal. And I just remember like it sucked because the Cubs were just horrible. He, but he was so exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah. Andre Dawson. Well, I tell you, the, the um, which is now the the Washington Nationals, but the Montreal Expos that that was that was a breeding ground for success. The, Dude, the, and the, they did the, the same talent. thing. They would get them and get rid of them. Yeah, the talent they had. Tim Raines and Andre Dawson, Gary Carter. I mean, those are the three names right there. You take those names, they should have won multiple World Series. Yeah. Well, they were just playing in a dump though, too. Oh so. yeah, no fans. It was like I mean. Awesome. But yeah, my favorite, my I would say my favorite team was the '84 team, and I remember when they when again, you know, everybody talks about Bill Buckner. I'll never forget the ground ball. The year before Leon Buckner, Durham. it happened to Leon Durham. Uh, no, two years before two Buckner years. was '84. So '84, you're right. Two because years. I remember Harry Carey when when the when the Cubs finally lost. I'll never. I can't remember specifically what he said, but I thought he had he wanted to make a rhyme, and he said something like, "The Cubs will jive at '85." <laughs> he did something like that. Like he, you know, he's. I can't remember what the exactly. Cubs will do the jive at '85. That's <laughs> gonna happen. That's almost for sure. Steve Stone's like, I'm out. See ya. <laughs> Stanley Steve Steve was not even there anymore. He's driving he's away. Already, he was already home by that point. No, I mean, I remember you and I have talked about it before. We both got the same impression that Steve Stone. By the seventh inning, had just had enough of Harry Carey at every okay, single. Okay, Harry. Game. I mean, he literally some of the like. If you could probably go and get sound bites of him just going, "Okay, Harry," uh, and then just moving right along, or just like pause, <laughs> silence, and then moving along, like Andre Scalaraga backwards. All right. Anyway, oh the bat. That's oh, not who's batting. This one? So oh, this one. Oh, look at her. She's a beauty. Oh my God. Always. Always the cameras. That's why when they when the camera shows like a hot chick at Wrigley, I just laugh and people are like, "What?" I go, "Well, back in the day, they would like they would oh. get like some some chick with huge knockers yes. and they would just 
It would literally. Well, there's be, a fad. They'd put on. They'd, exactly. They put the camera on her for like five minutes, and he would just be like, "Now that's someone who really loves the Caitlyn baseball. <laughs> they got some nachos there. It's got an ice cold Budweiser." And then she's just let's go back to that one fad. Yeah, and then they would go. They would show him batteries. Like, I we're back here with this fad. She's really getting some sun today. <laughs> Yeah, he was all over the place, dude. He was so funny. He used to have, they, they used to love that one ball girl, too. They had a ball girl oh, yeah. that wore the really short shorts all yeah. the time, and they would all, he would talk about her all the time. Yeah. I don't know, she was pretty well known. Like, I'll tell you what, if he was doing that now, they'd be like, no. hey, dude, you can't do that. Didn't, um, uh, what's his name, got in trouble in one of the national championships? Not too much trouble, but um, I forget the guy's name, classic sports announcer. Oh, yeah, uh, Marv Albert. No, not Marv Albert. Um, for the, for some the, of the other guy, he used to host uh, the NFL Today show, and now he just does college football. Great boy. Um, it doesn't matter. Anyway, he got in trouble for saying about uh, the Alabama quarterback. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, yeah. It wasn't Marv Albert. No, it wasn't Marv Albert. I forget the guy's name. Yeah, he was no. like, "Whoa, kids, you want to learn to play football? Because yeah. that's because basically that's the kind of trim you're going to pull down." Well, he didn't say that, but I mean, that would have been something they would have said back in the '80s on television. Yeah, but, yes, of course. But do you think that '84 team is your your favorite team because they should have won? They the they made, they made you were a- so young and like. No, well, here's the thing. They never had a chance in 89. Um, the, the, the Giants that year, um, they had, I forget who their first bit, Will Clark. He was a cub killer. And it, every time he was up, I, I guess in, in some respects in 84, Steve Garvey had already played, was playing for the Padres and he kind of became a cub killer. That's but- why I don't like Steve Garvey. Everyone wants to talk about how great of a Dodger he was and it drives me insane because he should have just retired a Dodger. He should have just retired yeah, a Dodger. Then he went to a World then Series. Then he went to the Padres and went to a World Series. They got demolished by the yeah, Tigers. Yeah, but they still went. Yeah, but my point was, I, I really believe that '84 was their best chance. I, I, that that team, I believe that too, yeah. um, or, that, or was their best chance. Yeah, '89 was was good, but I I never felt like they really had a chance. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I think that because of what happened in '84, like I that burned me. Like I was that affected me. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I was like. Because I really, as a kid, I was like, well, why wouldn't they win? Of course they're going to win. This is going to be great. Like, I didn't know anything about curses. And and that was kind of my introduction to, oh, by the way, this team that you love, that you've rooted for since 1980, because you were five and understood what was going on, they're never going to win. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, And then I started to kind of take on that. Oof. And then in college, I literally, there was three, four years where I didn't watch any baseball. So, Well, because here's the thing. I think what ingrained in, in so many Cubs fans' mind as well is that you would always, and this goes back to what I was telling you about before, was that you never, you didn't know how to react when they were going to the World Series because you spent your whole life watching other people do it over and over and Dude, over. I know again. how to and sit so with my head in my hands, yeah. and like, I, and I know how to like rationalize that next year will be different, and I know how to talk about trying to keep a positive attitude, and it's just a game, and and I know all the cliche things I'm yeah. supposed to say after a massive loss when inside I'm really just like, wow, right. <laughs> and the thing is, is there's other sports that you've watched and there's teams that you pulled for that have won their championships. But it was it was something different. And people will never probably understand that. The Cubs, more, uh, which, which crosses over all sports, the Chicago Cubs represent across all sports something completely different. Like even, even a Clippers fan will never be able to truly understand the same way that a Cubs fan. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just something different. And that's why it's like to be able to get past. The closest thing, and it was also in baseball, with the Red Sox. Right. And that's that, that's literally it. I don't think there's any other teams in any other sports that really can truly feel that. I know the Jets try to say that. But the, even again, historically, they they don't even have that long of a uh, yeah, run. Uh, football, football's been going on since the 1960s, okay? Well, you understand what I'm yeah, saying. Like, there's, there's that, there's that yeah. weird thing. But I, for me, 
after 89, I was bummed. Um, they, they obviously weren't that great. I, what I was going to ask you, though, is that as the Cubs move forward and they celebrate the past because the past is so important to the future to them, um, it seems like they are still just trying to pretend like Sammy Sosa never played on that team. It's so funny. I agree with you because literally, like, had there never been a steroid scandal, that guy would be throwing out the first pitch. That guy would be smiling and waving. But they really did. Looks looks like they tried to distance themselves from him. But they also, I believe, the Cardinals kind of tried to distance themselves from Mark McGuire. But here's the thing, and and again, this goes back to I I blame baseball for that whole thing because Absolutely, a lot of people dude. don't remember this. Bud Selig. But baseball was at an all time low. There had been multiple strikes leading up to the year. There was, Mark McGuire. There was a and Sammy there was Sosa a strike the year before that, or two years canceled before the that. World Series. And baseball was at an all-time low because they panicked because they realized when they canceled the World Series that people were like, I'll just go find something else to do. They yeah. thought for sure the world America was going to freak gonna... out. And it didn't happen. And In those fact, it guys, backfired and people got angry. Like, yeah. you make how much money? I go out and work 18 hours a day yeah. to support my family. You knock a ball around a park. You, pay, you charge me to come see you. And now you want to go on strike? Like the general average American was like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I just think that that moment in time um, was, um, I, I think historically they're going to look back on that. And yeah, you can be mad all you want about, um, you know, Sammy Sosa, blah, 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 Mark McGuire, blah, blah, blah. But putting it in perspective and having lived through that, they also, ch- they, they brought baseball back. So all that, you can call them cheaters, all that bullshit. But that long ball, they that whole season, baseball people back. watched because of them. People watched because of them. And I know the purists are the ones that kind of took over and really just basically, you know, kicked those guys to the curb. Now, the only thing I can think of is because McGuire has kind of been floating around. Did Sammy Sosa have other problems? And is this why they literally are have completely dis... I mean, did he do something else yeah, outside of I'm cheating? Sh- I mean, I'm sure is he's he a got bad it. dude? Like, is, I don't know. I mean, well, it's just weird to me that... There's not even an acknowledgement of him. Not saying that they're acknowledging everybody else that you and I are acknowledging either. But yeah, that, but but there there also is there is probably a lot to that personality wise. Also, Mark McGuire went on TV and cried and apologized. Yeah, Sammy Sosa never, never did, did that. Did he? He never when did. you don't apologize, like that's the funny thing. It's like we all act like this is such a big deal, but literally everyone who's ever been busted for steroids, they're going to serve their suspension if they came back and said, "I've learned my lesson. I'm so sorry." People would forget about it. Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun still plays fucking baseball. Did he ever, did he ever really apologize? Not, did he go, not, I got caught, so I'm sorry. Well, that's exactly. He was like, I'm sorry, I made a huge mistake. And <laughs> Which then, he should have done the other way. Dude, he's a, I do not like Ryan Braun, man. He's yeah, but if he had root. done, if he had expressed humility... Because he's never, he's not going to retire a brewer, which means he's going to end up on somebody else's team. And it's just like, you know, I mean, why would you want to play sports for the rest of your life constantly being booed? You're not being booed because you're the greatest, right? That's, that's the difference, right? Being booed because they're so jealous of you, they have no choice but to yeah, boo you. it's funny. Like, if you're David Ortiz going into Yankee Stadium and they're booing you, it's because you hit home runs all the time. Yeah, <laughs> not because exactly. you're some cheating piece of shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> David Ortiz relishes the boos from Yankee Stadium. That was one of my favorite things. First of all, what a great baseball season it, as a whole. Yeah. Just in the sense that, like, at the beginning of the year, I was like, I want to see a Cubs-Indians World Series, and boom, here we are. Would you have preferred a Cubs-Wed Sox World Series, though? Uh, I would have a few years back when if it was both of their turns to break the, you know the. Oh, that's just insanity. But, but. but that they were both. That was two thousand three. They were both headed that way. Yeah, that way they were both headed that way, and that well, would you have didn't been, pick that two thousand three team as one of your favorites. 
Uh, I didn't because there was a lot of guys on there that I don't, I didn't care for. Like I don't like Moises Alou. No, and, and I still I thought, that, that think, Bartman well, thing. He didn't make me like him any anymore. And that, and it actually what, made me like him less. Oh my god! That that the Bartman documentary because he admits that he could have never caught that ball. Yeah, and then you're like, well, dude, why would you point at that guy? You ruined his life. But yeah, and he never really he, he never, never said, really went public about like, hey, lay off this guy. All he and you know what he could have done? He could have fucking paid for that guy to get a haircut, get a bleach job, get a new apartment, get a. Do you know what I okay, mean? Well, he's like, not in charge of his makeover. I, no. I, Oh, but I mean, look, he's responsible for that anger. He really is. If Moises Alou in that game, game doesn't six, out the way he doesn't out. just goes back to his position, nobody does anything. But he points, and then the fans are like, oh my God, he could have caught that. It's that guy's fault. But in that documentary, it's obvious that everybody is going for the ball. Like the one guy who ends up with the ball turns around to show everybody, and his friend's like, dude, put that down, put that down. They're mad, they're mad, they're mad. So he puts it down, and everyone focuses on the kid with the Walkman. Yeah. He got a raw deal. And I, w- I will never forget that. When that happened, the first thing I said, as soon as it happened, because they were three outs, six outs away. Yeah. Well, there were so many other things that happened, and well, that after had nothing that, to do with but it. But right there, to up to that point... No, there, were, was, there was an er- error before that, correct? Maybe, but up to that, right then, there were six outs to go, and yeah. they were going to go to the World Series in Game 6. Yeah. I, my, my point is, that was, and I think you and I have talked about this, that was the moment that soured me for a really long time on the organization. It made it a lot easier because they did kind of go way, way down. Yeah. You know, as they well. They ate shit after that for a while. Uh, for those who don't know, I had told John that I packed up all my Cubs stuff and I put it away and I told my kids that I wasn't going to spend much time talking about them or um, take the Cubs stuff out until... I felt that they were worthy of because I had given my whole entire life my, up to that point. My buddy and I, Eric. And I, I was always, I was always mad at what happened to that guy, and I know I shouldn't, I shouldn't have approached it that way, but it embarrassed me. It yeah. embarrassed me as a fan that someone's life was ruined because I was always upset. I was, I should, I should give some reference here, some point of reference. I grew up a huge Bill Buckner fan. Still have my Bill Buckner poster rolled up in my office as a Cubs player. Or as a, yes, as a Cubs player, yeah, so I, I remember the la- I remember he popped up because I I got Harry Carey. This could be Bill Buckner's everlasting bad boy. Wouldn't it be great if he hit? Oh, he popped it up! <laughs> like he just went from like being so like praising of him. <laughs> what a piece of human yeah, garbage! Oh, get him out of here! What a bomb! <laughs> so anyway. Uh, Bill Buckner, was, I was a huge fan of Bill Buckner, and it broke my heart to see him make that mistake in the Mets game that he forever... And then I saw the documentary about him, and the guy the guy comes to tears. Oh, yeah, man. Because of the ridicule and the hatred and the vitriol that he dealt with over the years. He's the Ray Finkel of... Yeah. I mean, he's the, influ- he's the fucking inspiration yeah. behind Ray Finkel. But because I was pulling for him and because he was, he was part of all the losing years of the Chicago Cubs, I wanted Bill Buckner to win. I wanted him yes. to be a winner. I wanted somebody that I've rooted for, yeah. even though he wasn't on my team anymore. I wanted to be a winner. And then when that happened... I just kind of felt like it was a carryover, like something just. Well, I'm you like, know, this guy was like forever, right? The know. whole thing. Anyway, that's my point of reference. So when the Bartman thing happened, I was done. I was like, I can't. This is not how this shit's supposed to go. This is entertainment. This is fun, and it's okay to be sad and disappointed. But right. I, was, I was like, and it's I okay was to done. do a little jib jab and trash and the, talking. The, the but... team, the team had a and an, had an obligation and an opportunity at that point to stand up and deal with that shit. And I remember calling you, and I'll and then I'll let you talk after this. I remember calling you. After years later, when the Cubs were playing and they were walking around with incense in the fucking oh, dugout, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like, "See, nope. this is what I'm talking about, dude. This no. is why I don't buy this shit. They're, they're fucking nut jobs." Yeah, and I and I just 
I couldn't deal with it anymore. But when when this when this new attitude came, it was just different. It wasn't about pointing blame. It was about having fun. It was about appreciating history, but it was about the now, having fun, and doing all that shit. So I'm sorry, what were we going to say? Uh, well, I was going to say, did you know that Bill Buckner was wearing his Cubs batting glove under his glove in Boston when that ball went under his legs? Yeah. So, I mean, there's just there's all kinds of weird stuff like that. Um, but yeah, people get too amped up, I guess, or too angry. But like the with like Mark Grace, that yeah. 2000, 2001, right? When it would have made the most sense in the world for the New York Yankees to win the World Series yeah. after 9/11, right? It was it would have been it would have been this triumphant America unite who the fuck are the Arizona Diamondbacks anyway? Clock <laughs> exactly. off with your turquoise <laughs> sleeves it and your bullshit uniforms. sports uniform. You suck. And the only guy on that team that I gave a shit, well, two guys, actually. There was Randy Johnson. Yeah. And there and was Dave M- Martinez was on that team. Mark Grace. Was Dave Martinez on that team as well? I don't know. I believe he was. Mark Grace played first base. Mark Grace, yeah. He retired from the Cubs. The he oh, A year went by or a half a season went by and they were like, hey, man. We'll give you a million dollars to play baseball for us. You're already living in Arizona. He was like, okay. And then like two DUIs later, he's winning a World Series. It was yeah. like, I, and that's like when you say rooting for Buckner because he was a, that I was rooting for the Diamondbacks. I have no affiliation to anything Arizona other than my cousin lives there and there's spring training there. Yeah. I actually don't like any of their sports teams at all, at yeah. all, even a little bit. So to, to well, you, root well, for- In theory, you shouldn't anyway, but- Right, but I also am not a big Yankee fan to begin with, and I was a little tired of them winning at no, that point. No, but that was America that year. I get the whole thing. It was crazy, but I rooted for- Mar- I, was in, I was into Mark Grace. Mark Grace is the guy who snuck cigs in a dugout. Mark Grace is one of the last kind of old school guys who like had a baseball body. He was like not ripped, not didn't have a V, had a normal- Regular uncle kind of little pug. He looked like Wally Joyner. Remember Wally Joyner? There was a, a lot of pugly guys. Yeah, just, just pudgy, pudgy. They yeah. weren't in any other sport. They'd be considered out of shape. If, but in if baseball, you could hit like... and catch, it wasn't about running. Right. There was well, the, the, every team had one guy. Yeah, he was the running guy. He was the Kenny Lofton. If there, you will. There was going to say, always... there was, yeah, you're right. D Gordon. It's like one dude just takes off, and he's the yeah, fast. That's one. the guy. He's that guy. No, he doesn't. He doesn't else. hit for. He doesn't hit for much. But uh, when he does get on base. And I'll tell you that speaking of base running, I think the biggest mistake the Dodgers made was not running against Lester. And I'm really afraid what the Indians are going to do. Yeah, but again, adapt, deal with it, figure it out. And maybe there are certain things you just you can't change. But look, the Cubs bats are alive. Yeah, and you know, that's all, oh, Schwarber joined the team today. Which is exciting. That's good news. Yeah. I remember when he got Kurt hurt the Gibson of the year. much. Kurt huh? Gibson much. <laughs> Um, one other person I was telling you about, like guys that were brought up to the Cubs organization, which obviously this one more lives in infamy. But Rafael Palmero was was I believe started as a Chicago Cub. He was yeah. a rookie on the Chicago Cubs, and they got rid of him. Yep. And for all those years that that guy was was having those great years, and I was always like, "There's another one." The Cubs just like get away, and then of course, you know, when and he, then he made finger, a complete buffoon he, of himself, yeah. and then you were like, "Oh, okay, good." So he, yeah. Uh, then he just faded off into you know non-existence. He's not going to get into the Hall of Fame. He's not going to know. But it goes him. back to your thing, him, Roger Clemens. Just you should have just apologized. Andy Come Pettit, say, yeah, what? It's Andy sport, Pettit immediately faced humility. All those Jason guys went Giambi. down at the Jason same time. Giambi, as far as I can tell, is still playing somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That so guy, him or his brother? He, no, that guy was the. Jeremy never came out and said anything. Jason Jeremy was the first no, no, guy to get still cl- playing. Oh no, it's Jason. He's yeah. like, yeah, Jeremy was out in like two years, I, I think. I oh. Yeah, but I mean, like that. America's quick to forgive. They don't. They want to forget too. I mean, look, we could go into great depths about how 
certain pitchers have are you know been accused of domestic violence and yeah. and I rag on the NFL for stuff like that and it's definitely farther and fewer between in MLB but it happens and it should be addressed. It, and here's that's the one to me thing. a bigger concern than steroids. This is my only beef with you and this is a, a side note but you you know you can't put the NFL under a microscope. You can and you can't simultaneously. It's a business like any other business. I think it's good that they're put on the microscope because the general population is putting pressure on them to deal with it more. But imagine all the non-public companies that allow that stuff to happen because there's nobody putting pressure on them. It happens not just in the NFL. It happens in a lot of places that are unrelated to the NFL. The NFL just happens to be in the public eye. So we're kind of like the watchdogs, right? It's it's angry guys like you or, or me or whatever you know, when something happens, it calls it out. But imagine all these companies that nothing is public and it never gets called out and we're not preventing this stuff from happening. All you can hope for is that the NFL, for all the money and power and wacky uniforms that make people look like clowns on Thursday night that they want to make from us, you would think that they would, as, and this is going to sound horrible, but I'm going to quote Spider-Man, with great, respons- with, with great power comes great responsibility. But what I mean by that, unlike the Sp- Spider-Man thing, is like, Teach people the right way to live. All eyes are on you. All these killed children are watching you. By the way, stop playing all these these fucking Viagra ads. When my kids, I'm trying to watch you know football with my kids, but you know, God forbid the Janet Jackson nipple or whatever. You know, oh, other, it's not a family don't dance, sport, dude. Don't it's dance not a in family the family no, sport. Don't dance in the end zone. But hey, don't forget. Also, get your mom dick and dad pills. Can, mom and dad can still bone. Yeah, because daddy's got His a daddy's bone. penis limp. <laughs> Is mommy dried up? <laughs> My point is that it's all hypocritical, and it's like they have an opportunity. They do have an opportunity to kind of say, "Listen," because I uh, and I, th- well, I can't remember if it was you brought it up or somebody else had brought it up that a lot of times, in uh, especially in, in football, in 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 big cities where football matters, they have to put things in the newspaper like, "Listen, um, you know, domestic violence. Let's take it down a notch when your team doesn't win. If they don't win, these are the things that you should do to calm yourself down. Don't beat your wife." And it's we used, you know, when I was younger, we used to joke about how silly it is, but now it's just sad that the fact that they even feel the need to have to put that article out there because there's so many fucking morons that want to beat their wives, you know? And one for, of, to what end? One of two fucking or three idiots. Indians fans that I actually know that are rooting for the Indians uh, living in Cleveland and whatnot, uh, one of them was a the girl that I went to college with who worked a domestic hotline, and when the Packers were in the Super Bowl, and I was like, you can't come to the game? And she's like... No, dude, I got to work the hotline because whether they win or lose, these fucking phones are going to light up. And I was like, oh, man, the world is a shithole. I remember thinking that, too. I remember going, really? People punch their wives over a fucking sport? Yeah. You got to be out of your fucking mind. They you are be some piece mind. of shit. Like, what's wrong with you? I, I, that's why I'm going to New York to watch this series. So if they lose, I can punch Way my brother. Back, oh, okay. So say, I to bring it back positive, but then I just realized. Like, so I can punch my brother instead <laughs> of my All wife. Right. <laughs> so here it is. Uh, this will go out a couple hours before, uh, you know, game one. Uh, oh, so, which, by the way, which is October 25th, right? Yeah. Game one. I would like to say that three years ago, on this day... October 25th. October 25th, yeah. I met my wife in a bar. Really? Yeah. It's been three years already. Yeah. Wow, congratulations. Thank so you. So this is something special to you. This is Game seven of the World Series is scheduled for the day we went on our first date in 2013. It's, this is special. Now let me tell you um, some of my milestones. Um, today is October 25th, 2016. Um, I will be uh, missing game one because I have to uh, do the football. Tomorrow, Cancel October 26, 2016, I will be missing uh, game two because I have to do something with my kids. Game three, which is, I believe, on Friday, Yeah, I will be missing 
because I have to do something for my family. Game four is negotiable, but could be negotiable by um, a rule of divorce because I had already committed to something else. So, and here's the thing. Before, you, before I sound like being a martyr or you feel bad for me or say to me, hey, dude, just change things. This is why I didn't think it was a big deal because my whole entire life, I've never had to worry about a World Series schedule. Oh, yeah, man. This is now unique to my life because yep. it's never, ever mattered before. So before I got too worked up and I'm still trying to kind of work out how I can manipulate this situation, I also have to remember that I never had to deal. These were probably things that were always in conflict. Before wouldn't have mattered, but it wouldn't have mattered because I didn't care about who was playing. When, Does that when, make sense? I, when I picked my wedding day, people were like, you know, that's the middle of the postseason. At first, I was like, yeah, but I don't. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute, we're having a good year. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? That's fine. That's fine because that'll. I it was it almost made me think like my wedding's lucky, the postseason's going to be lucky, like everything's lucky. Like I really, I'm, I'm, I'm like, this is a year, man. 2016 is a fucking good year, and I feel you know what I really like. I like. The fact that like I, my brother-in-laws are all Dodger fans. My wife is essentially a Dodger fan. My mother-in-law is a Dodger fan. But the, all the texts, all the back and forth, all the shit, you know what I mean? They were very funny, and they were very happy in the end uh-huh. that the Cubs were able to pull it off and, 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 and succeed and get to the World Series. And then, like Joe Madden said this, he's like, you know, you're, you're dancing around and having fun with the guys, spraying champagne on everybody, but then you come out and you get on the podium and you look at the fans and you start to realize that there are people out here who have, you know, parents, grandparents, great grandparents. This is this is a thing that gets passed down and passed down and passed down and you are just like born into it. Like yeah. my brother's kid will not have a choice. She is born into it. She can try to rebel, but we're gonna mock her. We will mock her until she puts on a Cubs hat. You know what I mean? So it's like, and then like my mom's boyfriend John, this guy, he's rooted for the Cubs his whole life. He's been he lived in Chicago forever. You know, he's from the area. It's like, it was great when the Blackhawks won. It was great when the Bears won in 85. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Those were fun, but this has a different... Even the Sox winning in 2005, I watched every one of those games. Watched every single pitch. Watched every it single... It didn't have the same. It just didn't have the same... They swept the Astros, but every game was a good game. Those games came down to the wire. Every time the Astros played tough, it wasn't like a blowout. Like, this, like the number of games won would have you believe, but there's... Not once has it has anything felt like this. This is huge. Yeah, like I don't really. I've stopped watching football. I know you know that, but like I, I love hockey. And like last night, I was watching uh, the Blackhawks game, but I kept switching back to watch footage that I've seen a thousand times on the MLB Network and listen to them talk about what would happen if Kyle Schwarber came in uh, designated. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> I can't stop paying attention to it or being obsessed with it. But what I will say that's exciting about this is because there was one major hump that the team has gotten over. I feel like, not from a fan standpoint, but from a player standpoint, what's going to make these games fun to watch is these guys are probably going to be so uber relaxed because the average age of these guys they're so young, and they've got their whole lives ahead of them. And I know they always tell you in sports, be, yeah. be weary of that because you may never get back. Right, I totally get that. Yeah, but such a such a such a powerhouse. And if you and if you, if you look if you go back on the theory that I remember you jumping up and down about when they got Theo Epstein, if you go back to that, look at the dynamics of how competitive and how many World Series the Red Sox have won since Theo Epstein changed the culture there. So in theory, you should hope. That the same thing can happen with you, in theory. Well, but what I'm saying is you're going to see something even tonight in game one of the World Series. You're not going to see a group of guys 
on the Cubs side, and quite frankly, probably not even on the Indian side, they're not going to get. They're not going to freeze up. No, I think both these teams are going to be. It's going to be fun, and they're going to be stoked. And specifically on the Cubs side, they're just. They're going to be like, "Fuck yeah, let's do this." Yeah, shit, we've come through so much shit to get here. There's a let's lot. Do this. There's a lot of youth on both teams, and I'm very. I'm unfamiliar with the Indians as an organization as in terms of how they raise their players, but what the Cubs have done since Epstein has gotten there and it has been the idea is what the Cardinals have always done, which is grow these people from your farm system, draft them, let them play as a team, let Mm -hmm. them come up together. I mean, it's not like Chris Bryant and uh, Baez just like met at the first day of spring training. Like these guys were playing minor league ball together. They, they were, they were getting to know each other. They were they're in the ins and outs. Like they come up as a team, they play as a team, they work as a team. I was watching this little kid ask questions to players on MLB network and they asked Chris Bryant. Someone's like, what, what, would you rather have a, uh, be the MVP of the league or a World Series victory? He goes, World Series, man, World Series. Like, there's no, there's no one player on the team that would give up a bunch of like, I want to be the batting, t- I want to win a triple crown. I want to. No, they all want to win. They yeah. want to win together, and that they're a team, and they're a team that doesn't give up. They're a team that's won some of these playoff games three runs down in the ninth yeah, inning. Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. That was the game, right? That's the game that so far has defined. Well, but that's the game that also scares the shit out of me because like one wrong call or one guy does one thing. It's just like... No, you got to look at the positive of it. I that, know, that game, I know. That defined everything. And that, believe that moment, me. That moment in that game defined everything because I was ready to turn the TV off Yeah, and just be like, all right, well, it, once again... Me we, and my brother almost got in an Uber yeah. to go to a bar because we were like, well, this game is over. And I was historic. like, Jeff said, do you want to get an Uber? And I go... You know what? Nah, the playoffs, man. Let's watch it till the end. We're not those kind of fans. And he's like, "Yeah, you're right." And then, dude, I I was like, "What? The now we're definitely getting an Uber and going to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> like, now we're now it's beers of gladness or beers of sadness. Beers That's of the, gladness. Those are the only kind you can have these days." Let's see what do I got here? What did I find here? See how many Budweisers are, t- are knocked over. How many it. cans are like it's like the dashboard of your uncle's truck in the seventies? They're just falling off the ledge, hitting people in the head. <laughs> Come on, Cubs, let's get some runs. <laughs> uh, the people coming up in the next inning for the Cubs were uh, Joe Girardi, oh wow, uh, Ossenmacher, and Jerome Walton. Wow. Wow. So whatever game that was. Oh, I want to say this, too, about Harry Carey. Uh, I, I never met Ernie Banks in person, but I met his son. I told you about that on the yep. set of Angel mm-hmm. from Hell. And, and, and then I have the run-ins of, like, waving at Ferguson Jenkins and, like, you know, talking to Jody Davis a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was a kid, like, my dad was a White Sox fan, and I won – my first baseball game ever was a White Sox-Tigers game. I won tickets through Cub Scouts or something, and my dad had to take me. It was rainy. It was shitty. I don't remember enjoying the park that much, and I think the White Sox lost like twelve to four or something mm-hmm. like that. So then I was like, "Yeah, but I like the Cubs." Like I knew that already. So my dad didn't really want to take me to a lot of Cubs games. So my mom started taking me to Cubs games, and like I, one of the first or second games I ever went to, we got there early. You know, like 
moms will get they have pick they have food they're prepared there's no like i don't know now we're gonna get sunburned because we're out in the sun it's like she was prepared she had all her shit we were there early she had a friend i was with some of my friends so the players are taking batting practice so we run down and kind of just lean on the wall as they're taking batting practice and i have a baseball and i want i got a pen and i want an autograph so i'm like rhino rhino Rhino, 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 <laughs> Rhino, Rhino, Rhino. Trying to get Ryan Sandberg to turn around. He will not turn around. I'm like, oh, this fucking guy, right? Like, I'm probably third, maybe third grade, I think, at this point. So then I just start yelling at other players, and I'm like, hey, hey. And I'm not even kidding you. Like, out of a movie, I didn't even see him coming, but Harry Carey walks by, grabs the ball, he goes, hi, Lewis, signs the ball, and then hands <laughs> it back to me. And I was like, and then gives me the pen, and I was like, Oh, that's a good autograph too, man. I mean, uh, and uh, for the life of me, I can't find that ball. But it was just so funny because oh, no. I wasn't like, "Hey, Harry, do you want to sign this?" He was yeah. like, "Hi, little kid. All right, there you go. That's an autograph for you." <laughs> and I went back, and my mom was like, "Did you get any autographs from the players?" I'm like, "Nah, Harry Carey signed it." She was like, oh, "That's great." And I was like, "Yeah, it's cool." <laughs> that's a great way to uh, to end this uh, very special uh, Cubs are in the World Series uh, episode. Yeah, guys, just uh, if you're rooting for Cleveland, great. I want it to be a good series. I mean, there's no one. Like, obviously, I would love to see it go seven games and come down to Bonham, uh, uh, top of the ninth. You know what I mean? Like, Schwarber coming up and whacking a uh, Kurt Gibson. Like, I would love to see some dramatic. Also, at the same time, I need a blowout, and I need it to end in four games. I'm going to for something else. Like, please, so I might actually listen to this So I don't have a heart attack. My mom definitely listens, so I'm not (laughs) going to ask for BJ's. (laughs) Psycho. But like this is this is this, if 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 this episode cake, cake uh, is fine, cake is if fine. this episode bothered you because it wasn't about Hollywood, we apologize. But we uh, this has been something our whole leading this is our whole lives leading up to this. This is a big deal to us. And however it turns out, uh, I will say I will have a positive attitude a few days after if 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 they don't they don't win at all. But this is a team that can come back. They're resilient. They'll come back and they'll come back and they'll come back. And I don't think this has to be a one shot deal. Whereas before with the Cubs, it was like, well, if they don't win it now. It's going to be another 10 years before they get a team together. Like, this team is together. They're focused. They're playing like a family. It's good stuff. Yep. All right. Go Cubbies. Go Cubs. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. 